Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader, and I'm Mark Blunden. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. The 96-year-old monarch had been ill for some time and under medical supervision, with a family gathering by her bedside at Balmoral. In a statement, the palace said the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Elizabeth II was the nation's longest reigning monarch, serving as head of state for more than 70 years. We're joined by Evening Standard Associate Editor Jonathan Prynne and Royal Historian Dr Ed Owens. Dr Owens, what are the protocols in this situation and what is Operation London Bridge? There isn't um, a specific set of arrangements for the the demise of the crown, as it is referred to, uh, so the death of a monarch. The Operation London Bridge that you refer to is the the plan of action that kicks into being as soon as the the death of a monarch or the death of Elizabeth II in this case. And that will include not only her, her funeral preparations, but also uh, the process of, of preparing for a, for a new reign as well. What did the Queen mean to the United Kingdom? I think the, the Queen meant a great deal to the United Kingdom. I think she 
meant uh, many different things to to different people. I think the power of Elizabeth II as monarch was really rooted in the fact that yes, she was uh, she appeared as this ordinary sort of family woman. She was a mother. She was a grandmother, a great grandmother, and people related with that that intimate family image. And yet, I think her greatest success as a monarch is that she has been the most perfect example of a constitutional monarch. She has not expressed her political opinions publicly. She's always been extremely discreet. And this has meant that the British monarchy under Elizabeth II did not become at any point contentious or controversial because of its embroilment in, in politics, certainly not through the actions of the monarch. And I think that is significant. She set a, she set a high moral example in terms of her constitutional behaviour. What do you think her legacy will be and how did she touch people's lives in the UK, the Commonwealth and the rest of the world? I think the key legacy with Elizabeth II will be this emphasis on public service. It wasn't always the case that members of the British royal family uh, sought to um, perform public service, to perform duty uh, for the British population. That's a relatively new invention going back just over 100 years. But more than any other monarch before her, Elizabeth II's reign was defined by this emphasis on service and duty. And those words, I think, will be carried forward by her successors as well. I think her her reign really uh, transformed the institution in terms of that particular emphasis. It's also the case that, of course, she has performed a public role, not just in the United Kingdom, but as you suggest, in the Commonwealth. And... Again, the emphasis there was on performing her duty as head of the Commonwealth, trying to keep that organisation together because it has at times lacked meaning, lacked direction. And if it wasn't for the, certainly the the industry and activity of of the head of the Commonwealth, Elizabeth II, then arguably the the geopolitical organisation of the Commonwealth would not have kept together. So I think there are important legacies that that are at work here. And it really depends where you are in the world, where you are in Britain, how you've seen the monarch. What will the continuity now be for the royal family? Well, there are five key moments um, following the demise of the crown. These are overseen by the Cabinet Office and, and Buckingham Palace. There will be a, an accession council held within the next uh, 24 hours. Um, this is where the proclamation of the new monarch is agreed Uh, by privy councillors, because, of course, the new sovereign must be publicly proclaimed. Parliament will meet and oaths of loyalty to the new monarch will be sworn. And then there will be a a first privy council meeting officially, probably at the throne room, Buckingham Palace, uh, where the the privy council approve the arrangements for the lying in state and funeral of Elizabeth II. Uh, Of course, those arrangements have been made uh, long ago. Uh, but they must be officially approved by the by the Privy Council. The new monarch will then make a personal declaration committing himself to the service of, of Britain and the Commonwealth. And after that, we will have a, a lying in state where well-wishers will be able to visit Elizabeth II to bid their, their final farewells. Can we draw any parallels from history that reflect on this moment? There is no... A specific example in the modern period to to this particular moment. Um, What is significant is that at the time of Queen Victoria's death in 1901, members of of European royal families from across the continent um, sent representatives 
to, to England. And I feel that there is this kind of converging taking place today at Balmoral with members of the, of the Queen's immediate family traveling to Balmoral to make sure they are present with her in her, in her final moments. So I think there is a historical moment that links Elizabeth II with, with Queen Victoria. But of course, the nature of the British royal family was very different then, in that it was deeply rooted and deeply connected to Europe and this, this, wider, this wider group of royal families who played a key role, uh, as it turned out, after, after Victoria's death. Jonathan, you've reported on many royal stories in your career. How do you think the Queen touched people's lives? Do you know what? I think we're about to find out, um, really, really find out. I think, obviously, a massive, massive upswelling of affection uh, and, and I think a, a, a realisation and a dawning of just how much the Queen means to, to most people in the UK. And I think that was rather encapsulated by her Paddington Bear sketch, which I think, you know, really touched people the way that the Queen has that sort of, um, you know, playful side to her as well, but also that incredible devotion to duty that's been core to her being for since she was, you know, a, a young, since she was a teenager in that famous speech to the Commonwealth in, in 1947 about her duty, whether it be her life be long or short, her duty to to the country and the Commonwealth. Jonathan, what do you think the Queen's legacy will be? It was that amazing devotion to duty that was absolutely core to her being ever since she was a little girl, and particularly obviously after the accession in, in 1952. I think most people can see someone who, for whom public life or public service was an absolute lifelong commitment and duty which came before anything else, even came before the happiness of her family, I think, in many cases. She was totally devoted to that job of head of state, of monarch, head of the church, head of the Commonwealth, you know, a world figure. And she was rep representing the United Kingdom. I, I think that touched people. I think on a more human level, the fact that she, throughout this, I mean, obviously in the last, in recent decades in particular, there's been a lot of tragedy in her in her life. The breakup of her children's marriages, particularly, you know, the, the anisarebalus that she talked about um, in 93, I think it was, the murder of Lord Mountbatten, the terrible death of Princess Diana. You know, these events were very, very tough, but she, she had to weather the various storms of her life um, and get on with the job of being the head of state and all the duty and all the work and all the commitment and the openings and the, you know, the, the documents she had to sign and the audiences of the Prime Minister and all that stuff that goes with the job. She never wavered, I don't think... Uh, once and I think people will always remember that and remember that sense of duty in a world where I think our politicians and almost all public figures are seen with less respect than they were certainly when she ascended the throne in 1952 but that respect has never really wavered uh, a jot for her she's always been uh, you know a formidably respected figure because she just got on with the job and there was never a whiff of scandal about her role no suggestion that um, and you know anything <laughs> awry in her private life or or in her public life, and you know I, I think people are, over many many decades of service, I think that produced a, a very deep ingrained level of respect amongst 
uh, monarchists and Republicans alike. I think uh, you'd have to be a very, very hardline Republican, obviously, <laughs> particularly today, but uh, you know, over recent years, who would say that the Queen was not an admirable person. That reputation will go on with her um, in, in the years to come. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.